Welcome to the Start Something Show. Join world-renowned experts, change agents, and everyday folks who have done the amazing. All here to help you start something incredible. Now it's time to step out, live your perfect day, and create a legacy with your host, Tina Dietz. Hey, Superstarters, it's Tina Dietz. Welcome to the Start Something Show. Today on the show, Luis Congdon, relationship expert and rising podcasting star. Luis is going to be talking with me later in the show about how to build a following. This is one of my favorite topics and somewhat mysterious to so many of us in the online business world. What's really cool about talking with Luis right now is that he's bringing his expertise in relationship coaching to the table so that these relationships as we're building lists can be authentic and can be heartfelt and can be real because we want community. We just don't want fluff anymore. Am I right, superstarters? Yes, I am. Before we get to all of that juicy, juicy goodness, today we're going to do a little Q&A talking about a question I get a lot, and I've got a client right now who's in a massive growth phase, and it's inspired me to talk about this topic, which is how to stay going, how to keep your energy up, how to keep motivated when the bloom is off the rose, when the shiny ball is not so shiny anymore, when you're in the nitty gritty in the thick of it. And suddenly that beautiful idea that you had suddenly seems like it's very far away and maybe not such a good idea anymore. I find myself in this position on a regular basis myself as an idea person and as a serial entrepreneur. And it's something we just got to learn how to deal with as creative people, whether you're in business or not. If you're a creative person, you've dealt with this issue, how to vet your ideas and if they have legs or not, if it's really going to be a good idea for the long haul. But because we're so passionate about what we do, it becomes a challenge sometimes to maintain that level of energy and enthusiasm all the way through a project. As a matter of fact, it's not even realistic to consider maintaining that initial shiny ball level of energy throughout an entire project. It's an unrealistic expectation. Here's a couple of things that I do personally and that I advise my clients to do when they are in that shiny ball bloom is off the rose, the shiny ball is tarnished kind of situation. One is that I get an accountability buddy. I always have at least one, if not several, accountability buddies for things that are going on in my life. It can be a, a very lonely time when you're developing a project, especially as a solo entrepreneur. And buddying up with someone once a week to, or even more than once a week, you can do a daily accountability check-in as well. Someone who is on the same kind of path, not someone that you have to coach necessarily, not somebody that is at a level that is kind of where you were six months or a year ago. You want someone on your level who is up to similar kinds of things that has great energy that you can get on the phone with at least once a week and have some kind of structure to keep each other motivated, hold each other to account, set weekly goals and promises, uh, cheer each other on, support each other's efforts in a material way on social media, in email, uh, in other venues with mutual referrals, as far as you want to go with it. It makes such a difference to have colleagues. Colleagues, I'll say it 
again and again and again are worth their weight in gold. They're beautiful, beautiful people, and I adore the folks that I work with. One of the reasons I started this show was so that I could bring my incredible community out into my following and out into this audience because I know amazing people doing amazing things. And if you've been listening to the show, which I hope you have, you know that by now. Another way to keep yourself on track is to change venues. I have several coffee offices, as I refer to them, wherever I happen to be living. When I was uh, living in Costa Rica at the beach, I had a couple beach places and a couple of air-conditioned places that I would go to. Here in Florida, same kind of thing. Uh, When I'm living in a a colder climate, let's say I'm up in um, maybe in Toronto or New York, then I even sometimes will have agreements with colleagues and friends to use their kitchen table or their offices and will work together to change venues to keep that energy up and going. Also, I am a big believer in the coffee nap. Now, uh, research shows, and can I quote it to you? No, but it's out there. Google is your friend. Research shows that if you drink a cup of coffee or a cup of caffeinated tea and then go lay down for a 20-minute disco nap, uh, that by the time you wake up from that nap or that relaxation or meditation, whatever you'd like to do, then the caffeine from that will have kicked in and you will have reset some of your brain chemistry at the same time fantastic trick for a 20 or 30 minute recharge. You will be so much more productive and happier doing that. And the other thing that I do that is uh, pretty much a daily habit for me is I look at funny things. I like to laugh. Laughter is motivating. Laughter is therapeutic. So yes, I will go on to cakefails.com. I will go on to damnyouautocorrect.com. I will go to The Daily Show or another comedic show that I like, theoatmeal.com, and look at things that make me laugh. And that changes my attitude and gets me back on track. Now, all of these things are practices that I've developed, but they all are overlaying the core of the daily habits and the action plan, the five-year strategic vision plan that guides my world on a daily basis. And that, if you don't have that, is something that you and I should probably talk about you having. Whether you have a business or not, if you don't have a vision and a plan that guides your life on a daily basis, it creates a lot of uncertainty. It creates a lot of gaps in your brain. And if you're out to live a big life, then, hey, Get over it, get a plan, and develop some daily actions that are going to reinforce that plan on a daily basis. There's a lot more on this topic, of course, on the website at thestartsomethingshow.com. And if you become a member, our free membership level, you definitely get a crap load of articles on this particular topic from myself and from other experts. We have a huge library, and you can enjoy that at your leisure along with, of course, other resources and tools up the yin-yang for fabulous people like you who are starting great things in this world. So now, on to the interview. 
Today on the Start Something Show, I'm very happy to welcome Louise Gongden, who is a relationship coach who's worked with the nation's largest research project looking at marital success. He taught the work of doctors John and Julie Gottman for nearly three years. He's worked with over 300 couples, and he runs the hit show, I would even call it a runaway show, Lasting Love Connection on iTunes. And you can find him at lastingloveconnection.com. Louise, thanks for starting something with me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. Now, you and I actually met through the podcasting world, and you've really been just kind of blowing it up. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. (laughs) That's really cool. And I can see why, because as a relationship guy, you're really walking your talk. You're certainly one of the most friendly and welcoming folks that I've met in the podcasting world so far. Thank you so much. Honored to hear that. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, let's take it back a little further. Now, you are a relationship expert. You work a lot with couples. What originally, let's take it back in time a little bit. What made you want to start something? What was the turning point for you? Mm, You know, like a lot of people who start anything that's really making an impact in other people's lives and dramatically shifts their life, it starts with a place of transformation. And usually transformation begins with breakdown. And so I had my breakdown because I fell in love with somebody who, after a few short months, told me she didn't want to be in a relationship with me anymore, which totally broke my heart. I, th- I thought I had found you know, this woman who I really felt was like the one. I wanted to get married to her. I just, I just knew. But she didn't feel the same way. So I went back to the drawing board and said, okay, you know, I've had a numerous attempts of having a relationship. I finally landed one. I keep finding women that are not available. Now I found this one. I fell in love with her, but it didn't work. And so what's the common denominator here in regards to relationships not working? And, you know, I come back to me. I'm the problem in a sense. I I don't understand relationships. I don't know how to make them work. I don't know what I did wrong in this one. So I really kind of went back to the drawing board and said, okay, I know that you know, asking you shall receive is a really a true kind of MO for me. So I just said, you know, universe, God, help me understand what makes relationships work. Help me have one that lasts. And about two weeks later, I actually landed a job working for the nation's largest research project, looking at what makes marriages function and teaching married couples with children the research that was done at University of Washington and research that has a span of over 30 years and over 3,000 couples studied. So really in-depth, kind of the most cutting-edge research of Dr. John and Julie Gottman. I was teaching their work, and then I met another person who I fell really deeply in love with and had an incredible relationship with her. And you know, now I understand why relationships work and why they don't. And I guess that's really kind of where I got my beginning is a, a broken heart led me to try to understand what makes a whole heart. Well, clearly when the, the student was ready, the teacher appeared. Yeah, the, definitely. The, really a, an interesting way how that showed up for you. So now as you develop your work with couples, here on the show, we like to kind of normalize the ups and downs that all entrepreneurs go through. Mm-hmm. So I always ask folks if you could share a setback that you had or an epic fail and how that may have you know, changed what you were doing or the direction that you were heading in or how that made a difference in your journey. So how did a failure kind of make a difference mm-hmm. in my journey? So I taught those relationship courses, and, and that was kind of one failure that really changed, I really believe, the course of my life in a lot of ways because I made studying relationships my life 
for quite a while. And, and then once that job ended, I was kind of back on that sense of, you know, where to, where do I begin again? You know, at some point it seems like we have to start all over again. And once that project ended, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I actually started taking some business classes. And in that class, someone said, you should start a podcast. I had no idea what a podcast was, but the idea that I could interview my heroes sounded like a pretty good idea to me. So I started reaching out to, and you know, mind you, I had been trying to run a business and didn't really know how to do it. I wasn't getting couples to sign up for me. I had been running some free classes in different places and, you know, made a little bit of money, but nothing significant. And I had maybe, you know, two or three clients, but it just wasn't enough money per month for me to really live off of, not comfortably or any way kind of sustain myself. And so I started a podcast and, you know, I'd say that podcast and the breakdown of not really understanding a business really kind of changed the trajectory of what I was doing once again to, you know, I'm not just a relationship coach. I'm actually a businessman who has a podcast and can help other people do the same. That's very, very cool. Yeah, because let's face it, as entrepreneurs, we tend to find that our next passion becomes our next business. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like having kids. It's, it's like, oh, I think I'll have another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at least that's been my experience of it anyway. So then let's talk about relationships and entrepreneurs, because business owners, because in the face of starting something new, one of the things that gets impacted is our relationships with our family, our friends, our intimate relationships. Many small business owners, entrepreneurs feel very isolated and like the people that they love don't get them. So what would be some ways that, especially in our intimate relationships, that entrepreneurs can keep that connection going and keep it deepening in the face of potentially working long hours, talking over the heads of their of their spouse about what they're doing and, and feeling a little isolated to keep that fundamental connection going. Mm-hmm. So looking at how a business and, and how to run a business and have healthy relationships within your business or how to have kind of like a how do you run a successful business and have a successful intimate relationship? Is that kind of what you're getting yeah, at let's, there? Let's take a look at that because like I said, the, you know, folks have a hard time when they're starting something new. They f- often feel like their husband, their wife, their parents, whatever, they don't understand. They don't mm. get it. They feel disconnected. So how to keep the connection there when as an entrepreneur, you're kind of flying off in another direction. Definitely. Well, you know, being an entrepreneur is, I almost think of an entrepreneur as similar to an adrenaline junkie, you know, somebody who likes jumping off cliffs and not knowing how the heck they're going to land, <laughs> you know, and there's kind a rush. Build the plane on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're running your own business, you can build a product, but you're not sure if it's going to sell. Even if you've tested the market, you're not completely sure. You know, so there's just a lot of risk involved with being a business owner. And if your partner isn't completely on board, that probably makes it a little bit scarier. I'm lucky because my partner has been a business owner, businesswoman a lot longer than I have. So I have her full support. Not only that, I have her education and, and knowledge behind me. So that's really helpful. But for couples that, you know, maybe don't have that or one of the other things that happens when you're trying to run your own business is you're no longer doing a nine to five. People really think that, you know, running your own business is going to be a space of liberation. 
And it can be. There's a lot of liberty to say, I'm my own creative person. I'm running my own business. I get to say yes and no. But with that comes, I take the brunt. I take all the responsibility and I take this stuff home with me. It lives in my home. It lives in my mind. I can't just clock off. So, you know, there's pros and cons to everything we're doing in life. So that's just kind of some realism around people around thinking about your own business and people who want to have their own business. If you're already there and you're working like crazy and maybe that connection is being put to the side a little bit, I want to let you know that research has actually shown that people who have better relationships actually report that they have better work lives. It doesn't work the other way around, though. If we look closely at research, we'll find that people who love their jobs don't particularly feel like they're in love with their relationship. They may even report that they're actually more stressed out in their relationship or more stressed out in their health and the rest of their life. So your relationship is, to me, really fundamental part of health and your ability to start doing something awesome anywhere in your life because your relationship is kind of like a springboard, you know. I go home and I tell my partner about my day and she kind of helps me feel, you know, different feelings and different insights that are really beneficial for my relationship. One of the ways that we can keep that relationship and keep that connection is by doing a simple game. And it's a game that everyone listening, I'm going to give it away to you for free. So it'll be on Tina's website. And you can also go to the lastingloveconnection.com website and get it. So here's the game. You know, quick background for you. Over time, what happens with couples is they stop showing that same interest that they had when they first fell in love. And we all know that happens. It's just part of being in a relationship. Things change a little bit. What happens, though, too, is that we start taking each other for granted. It's just kind of the nature of all relationships. So I've created a fun game to kind of bring you back to the fun, to the joy, to the connection and intimacy so you can have those feelings and that connection again that you had when you first started dating. Research has shown that couples that know each other better tend to do better during arguments, during disagreements, as well as they're better at having fun together. So the game that I have for you is really going to teach you how to kind of get back on board and get to know each other a little bit better. Again, you know, that game will be there for Tina. Do you want me to tell you more about the game or is that is a little teaser good enough well, for see, you guys? Now, see, now you got my attention. Now you get Because <laughs> I just love when we can bring lightness to something that could get very heavy, very serious and significant. So I, I love this idea, and we will absolutely have the link in the show notes so that folks can get this. Just tell me a little bit more about how the game is played. Definitely. So, you know, you have uh, a question, and so you ask your partner a question. For example, what was I wearing when we first met? And then your partner takes that question and tries to answer it based on their information, And then if your partner's right or wrong, you let them know. If they're right, you celebrate them. If they're wrong, you also celebrate them because it shows you guys another way that you can connect. And there's a series of questions that you get to ask. This isn't like a a point system game. This is really more about creating intimacy. You know, when we first start dating somebody, we just like... We want to stay on the phone until like 2, 3 in the morning, even though we've got to get up at like 8 a.m. the next day. And part of that is because we really just, we want to know everything. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm so tired, but I just can't get off the phone with you. Um, what's your favorite color? Like, you know, how, how trivial is that kind of information? But we love that when we first get to know each other. So that game can really bring us back to that. And I did this game with a couple who had been married for, I think, uh, close to 30 years. 
you know, and they had four kids. And I remember the husband just being all lit up and I asked him about it. I said, Wait, what's got you so excited? And he said, well, you know, for the last like 10 years, her favorite color has been blue. And so I've been buying things that have blue in them. And today I found out it's actually green now. And so I'm really excited because now, you know, I can look for little gifts for her that are green. And she just had this big smile on her face. You could tell how much he's appreciating her and how much that little piece of information, he's going to take it and, and run with it and just add a whole bunch of value to her and appreciation to her and to their relationship. So don't overlook that this game is really simple because simplicity is usually a sign of mastery. So with this game, you become a master in your relationship. That's brilliant. I I love how you're kind of taking the competitive nature out of it and using it as an opportunity for people to learn more about each other. I remember yeah. even, at, yeah, I've been married for about 17 years. We've been together for 20. And uh, I think I'm going to go in and download this because mm. remember we had uh, one of our readings at our wedding was a Native American invocation. I can't remember all of it, but part of it that sticks out in my mind was, may you never know each other. Mm. And that that idea that you'd always be learning from each other and being surprised and delighted and uh, letting go of the idea that you assume that you know how the other person's going to react. So that's fabulous. All right, cool. I'm excited about that game. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really good one. Thank you for that. Now, moving more into the business side of things, what do you find that either that you have learned are some of the mistakes that business people make in forming business relationships? Mm, networking definitely definitely that's that's a huge one for me I've really you know we were talking about podcasting earlier and you know I use the word I'm a podcaster but really what I am is I'm a networker and podcasting is a conduit it's a it's one of the most powerful tools out there for that and that's why I've created a whole program around it because you know I started my business I really got seriously going in my business in January and you know we're in July now and I'm landing five-figure contracts with people because of my networking skills. And so I'm using the stuff from relationships and my relationship background to network with some really high-level players in different industries. When you're looking to network with people, the first thing that you want to do is no matter who you are, you know, always approach with a sense of wanting to add value to people. And it doesn't matter if you're talking to a guy who runs a little business who, you know, is only making maybe $100 a month from his business. I really, I want to approach him and say, hey, you know, I, I know that you're doing some cool stuff and you've got some great ideas with your business and I'd like to help you. You know, would you be interested in chatting for 10 or 15 minutes? And you do the same thing with someone who's running a multi-million dollar business. It's really the same thing as always have an ear for what you think the person is needing or wanting. And then I make it a goal to try to preemptively provide that value before they've even asked or before they've even made it explicit that they needed that. So, you know, like I have a Facebook group for podcasters. That is my preemptive measure to provide value to any podcaster I possibly can to just provide some sort of value to them. But when it comes to networking, I think the biggest mistake that people usually make is they think of other business people as either a competition or as something that they can get something from. And if you think of it that way, you're going to be missing the whole personal aspect, which, you know, when I approach business people, I think of them as a person. I think of them as a person with wants, needs, and a desire for increased happiness. 
And if I can add some extra happiness or value to their life, then my mission as a human being is served. And then it's very simple to do business. It's a great approach. It's a great approach to carry forward into all relationships. There really isn't much of a difference between creating an intimate relationship and creating a business relationship, is there? No, not at all. Yeah. I think the two are the same. Where people get a little bit mixed up in is once you start talking about money, it, it feels a little bit more complicated because, you know, there's, there's a set of expectations that are coming. So if I'm doing a favor for you, you know, I can deliver that favor at any time that I want. There's a certain kind of relaxedness about it that can be a little easier. But I found that if I just kind of treat both in the very same fashion, you know, it can become very simple to do business with people because you just you set up what the expectations are, but you're you know you can still be human about it. Right. Yeah. So rather than relationships and being in business being transactional, they truly do become relational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. All right. So oh, you know what? I got a question for you. That I kind of skipped over. I want to come back to. Mm-hmm. In all the work that you've done with couples, do you have a, like a favorite story about a couple that that you could share, like a win for them? Mm, mm. You know, I'm thinking of this couple that they I worked with some really poverty stricken couples, not that that makes them any different than any other couple. Really, the only difference between those couples sometimes is level of education or sometimes the higher levels of stress that they're under. But really, I mean, I've met couples that are incredibly wealthy that, you know, show exhibit all the same behaviors. And even though they have a lot more comforts. So, you know, I'm thinking of this one couple where they just they have a tendency to argue and fight a lot and they didn't really know how to listen to each other. And I remember the first, you know, a few sessions that we had, we really focused kind of in the headspace. So, you know, me kind of teaching them how to listen, how to talk to each other. And then after a few sessions, they're coming in, they've improved. But I really like to I like to see people fast track and I don't believe that my job is so much to help them find a solution or an answer. My job is to help them find a connection, you know, because when two people are connected, solutions come about pretty naturally. When you think about, you know, like one of my friends, you know, he and I hardly ever argue. And when we do, we, we get over it pretty quickly. And it's because we're deeply connected, you know, and my partner and I, there's a more intensity in a intimate relationship. So, you know, when my partner and I argue, sometimes it takes us a little longer but over time, we've gotten so much faster at recovering and understanding what's going on for each other. So to kind of jump further into that is this couple, I just, they fought a lot. They argued a lot. And one day in our sessions, I said, you know, let's try something different. I want to try something different with you guys. I want to help you guys connect. And, and they said, okay, we're open to it. And I said, I placed the husband sitting across from his wife so that they were facing each other, not sitting side by side, but facing each other directly. And then I sat on the other, kind of on the outside of them. And I told the husband just to kind of softly gaze upon his wife's eyes. And then I directed the wife to just breathe slowly, very kind of methodical breath and and really just focus on her breathing and just stay there with the breath. And then I went back to the husband and I said, I want you to watch her breathing. Gaze at her softly, but just kind of notice how her body's moving so you can notice her breath and match your breath to hers and softly gaze upon her. And then I want you to put your hand on her knees. And so he, he took his hands and put them on her knees. And then she just instinctively, I think most women would do this, is she put her hands on top of his. 
and they were just gazing and watching each other. And then I asked them to think about things that they loved about each other. And this was huge for this couple because they tend to come to me with what's wrong with each other, right? Hoping that I'm going to fix the other person. And I said, I want you to actually think about what you love about this person. What's something wonderful and beautiful that they've done this week? Something that you appreciate that they've done this month. And I want you to think about why you decided to marry this person as you gaze upon each other. And, you know, to the husband, I want you to keep following her breath. Let her body guide you. She just broke down in tears. I mean, she just started sobbing. And he had this big smile on their face, on his face. And you could tell, you know, this was her breaking down that kind of rigidness that she had had. And this was him knowing that he had finally broken through and he had actually gotten his wife, like really gotten her to a place where she could fully relax and she didn't have to speak to him. She could communicate to him and be with him. And they hugged and started kissing and they were like, man, that was, that was the best thing ever. You know, I have a feeling that they hadn't had that for several years. And that to me is one of the biggest successes. And just telling you about it makes me like get chills all over my body. That's a gorgeous story. Thank you. Yeah, I can feel that very, very deep in, in my my power center here and just uh, thinking about even with you sharing it and kind of walking through the steps, the thinking about the people in my life that I care about. And it's that heart connection that's such a gift human to human that we have. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the show today. It's been absolutely fantastic <laughs> talking with you, Louise. Thank yeah, you. this has Honored. been great. So uh, just a reminder for all, all of the superstarters out there, you're going to find all the show notes at thestartsomethingshow.com along with all the links and lots of information about Luis's work, including his work, uh, everything from podcasting to the relationship, couples work that he does, and everything in between. So I invite you to check that out. Um, before we go, Luis, one last question. For all the folks out there who are starting something and they're out there making it happen, what's a a powerful tool, tip, or action that you could recommend that they take this week to help them create momentum? Well, since we've been talking about relationships, I would really just encourage you at least one time this week, ideally once a day, is just close your eyes and hold a loving thought towards somebody who's special in your life. You know, so think of something that they've done or something about them that you love and appreciate. This can be a person, this can be a pet, and just hold that in for a moment. You know, so when I do this, I close my eyes and I think about my dog. Then I think about how he runs and greets me and jumps up on me and just says hi. And that makes me feel wonderful. Or, you know, if I was to do this right now, I would close my eyes and think about how uh, my partner, right before I did this interview, she came in and had a fresh smoothie made for me. And how wonderful that is for me that she exhibited that love to me and just took the time to make that smoothie just for me and then brought it to me. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. That sounds like it would be a great thing to do as a daily practice. Yeah, I definitely encourage it. And I'm a strong believer that if you hold some loving thoughts towards your partner or business partners or parents, if you just take a moment to hold a loving thought Next time you see that person, they're going to pick up on it. They might not know it, but it's kind of like we walk into a room and we can feel somebody's negativity and we're like, ooh, I, for some reason I just don't want to be around that person. You know, and on the other hand, if we're holding loving thoughts, I don't know, you know, there used to be this homeless guy on my drive home. I would see him and 
I just always liked looking at him and I always gave him a dollar and I just, something about his eyes, you know, and my dad and I would always say, there's something about that guy. We just like him. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a feeling, you know, that maybe he had, he's just, you know, the circumstances in his life that he ended up homeless, but probably pretty nice guy. You know, he had those kind eyes and I think that if you're doing, holding those loving thoughts, your partner is going to pick up on it. It's certainly better than making up, uh, oh, what are they going to say when I see them next? I bet they're going to say this and blah, blah, blah. Instead, holding the loving thought and really priming the pump, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Super starters, you heard it here. You got to do that. Bring it into your daily workshop this week and forever. I think that's a brilliant suggestion. And Luis is going to join us on the backstage pass. Thank you again for joining us here, Luis. I'm really looking forward to diving deeper with you on the backstage pass. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. All right, so join us there, Super Starters, and we will see you next time. Start something with purpose. Start something with freedom. Start something now. Go to thestartsomethingshow.com, join our community of Super Starters, and get your Perfect Day Planner Pack, a free resource to help you create the life you've dreamed of living. Take action now, and we'll see you for our next exciting episode. 